welcome back to another episode of the Warrior Within the Woman podcast. I am your host, Pastor Lauren Daniel, and I want to welcome you warriors again to another episode. First, I want to remind you, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you like any of our episodes specifically, or you just like it in general, please let people know about it. Share, let people know how much you enjoy it, how much the podcast blesses you. It not only just does my heart good to see that it is um, truly being used by God to help so many of you, but it helps the algorithm so much. So like, subscribe, share it, comment, wherever you're listening, whether you're listening to the podcast version um, on your favorite podcast streaming platforms, or if you are listening to the YouTube channel, you can find a video version of the podcast at the warrior within the woman at YouTube. So please come check us out um, and you can check out our website at thewarriorwithinthewoman.com. That helps you um, see all of our products. So we have uh, faith-based jewelry that is available to wear your armor proudly. And um, we also provide blog posts every week and we are working on um, some devotionals to put out there as well. So check us out on everything and uh, let people know about the warrior within the woman. Today we are going to be talking about part two of the curse of complaining. And today specifically we're going to be talking about the effects of complaining, not on our lives, but how it can affect what God is wanting to do in your life. So if you when we are saved, when we give our life to God, when we say, Jesus, you are my savior, I believe in you, I believe you died for my sins, and I want to live for you, we are taking on the name of God. We are God's ambassadors. We are Christians. We are truly taking on the name of Christ as our own, and we want to be his ambassadors, and we want to bear his image, right? And as I was truly just praying about this topic and, and listening to what God is wanting to say to his people, I am reminded that complaining really, it stops the work of God to an extent in our life because if we are wanting to be Christ bearers, right? If we want to bear the name of Christ, if we want to be God's ambassadors, complaining truly stops that from happening. We cannot fully, to the fullest extent, show who God is in our lives if we are constantly complaining, constantly talking negative. I believe that if we were to look in scripture, we would not only see how God doesn't like complaining, but the central theme of many of the prayers that Jesus prayed, including in John chapter 17, when we look through this prayer that he is praying to his heavenly father, Jesus repeatedly emphasizes how much he wants his people, the church, to be in unity together. He wants us to be as one, as the father and the son and the Holy Spirit are as one. And I believe that Satan wants nothing more 
then to throw a wrench in that plan, to stop the work of God in our lives, to stop what God is wanting to do. And how much more could complaining and setting negative thoughts in our minds and setting that into motion stop the work of God when we are supposed to be Christ's ambassadors? Our goal is to bring people into the unity of God, right? Into the unity of of knowing Jesus as their Savior, into unity and complaining is the opposite of that. Complaining breeds strife. Complaining will plant seeds of anger and frustration and you will reap a harvest of disunity and disloyal relationships. I don't think any of us would intentionally plant seeds in our own marriage or relationship to intentionally wreak havoc and intentionally hurt and intentionally try to uh, cause disarray to where we lose relationships and are totally alone. I don't think anybody ever sets their mind to say, I want to be alone. I want to destroy every relationship in my life. We, we just don't do that. That's not normal for us to think. But when we give in, to the words of complaining and the frustrations and anger. Listen, we are all, none of us can say that we have been without frustration, that we have not been touched by the disappointment and difficulties of life. We all have. We've all dealt with those types of struggles. But when we give in to the complaining, to the nature of complaining, to where we set our sights more on our emotions and we set our sights more on what we are feeling and how we want things to go instead of what is God's plan and what is in the kingdom of God. We're setting ourselves up for failure because what com complaining will only bring on strife. Complaining will only bring on um, anger, resentment, frustration. Complaining accomplishes nothing, but what it does, it is it infects every person and every, every group of people, everything that you speak, every person you speak to, it will infect. I, I consider complaining as emotional air pollution, that you're going to see it, you're going to feel it, you're going to sense it, and you're going to hear it. And when that becomes who you are, that's all you have to say. We have nothing good to say, nothing encouraging to say, nothing um, uplifting or edifying to the body, which is another thing God requires of us. As Christ's ambassadors and ambassadors of God's image, we are required, we are uh, given the responsibility to edify and uplift one another. But when we are complaining, all we are doing is sowing strife and sowing uh, dis dysfunction into the church, dysfunction in our marriages, dysfunction in our friendships, and we are self-sabotaging. We are sabotaging the relationships we have because we cannot control our tongue or we refuse to control our tongue. Let me remind you that many, there are many gifts of the Spirit, but one of them is critical to the Christian life. It is self-control. 
And if we're going to sit down and discuss this, if we're going to sit down and, and listen to me talk about this, we need to first realize that there is an element of self-control that needs to be had in our life if we are truly going to let God use us to the fullest extent, if we are truly going to let God be uh, use us as a vessel, if we truly are saying, God, I trust your promises, God, I trust your plan and your timing, if we are genuinely saying those words and saying, God, let me be your ambassador, we must come to the conclusion that we have a responsibility of self-control, especially with the words that we speak. We can all find something to complain about. We may even find ourselves complaining about what somebody did or decision they made. We may find ourselves complaining about what the pastor spoke about on Sunday. But when we truly get to the place that it is not about me, God, but it is about you, we change we change the atmosphere of our lives to truly be able to bear the witness and bear the image of God to, to the most genuine extent. Because if we're saying, I'm a Christian, but then all we spew is negativity and all we spew is complaining, that is when we get labeled hypocrites. That's when we begin to uh, lose our faith is whenever we trust our circumstances and what we see greater than what God has said. Complaining accomplishes nothing. It, it accomplishes nothing positive in our lives, but I will tell you something that it does do. It changes you. Complaining will alter the fabric of who you are and who you've been created to be if you rely so much on where you are. There is a, a an account of four lepers in the Bible that I want to bring your attention to today. You can find it in 2 Kings chapter 7 and, and there's a lot to unpack in the scripture. I, in 2 Kings chapter 7 we see that Samaria is in a difficult position all around. They've been sieged They've been seized. They have um, not a lot of food. Their prices are high. They're dealing with a lot of difficulty in the land. And maybe some of us can say, okay, yeah, <laughs> I relate. I relate to this. But in this time, there are four lepers sitting outside the city or a little bit outside the city. And, and obviously they have to, they're outcasts. They're not allowed to be in the community. They've been pushed away and they're literally dying. They don't have any food because in general, the society is dying because no one has food. No one has money for food. They can't live, right? But if you've been outcast by society and you've been pushed outside the city or or away from people, you're going to die quicker, right? You're going to die a lot faster. And even though everyone's going through a difficult time, these lepers who had been outcast, you're not allowed to see family. You're not allowed to go near people. You are unclean. They're sitting here. And they, as I'm reading the scripture, they have a choice to make. And even though the Bible doesn't say they had a choice to make, if you read the scripture, you can kind of see that they could have sat there and died. 
They, they could have sit, sat there and died. They, they truly could have just accepted their fate. We're going to die. We're unclean. We cannot be healed. Everything is terrible and everything is nasty. And I mean, we can't, we can't live. We're not going to live. Nobody can have food, but we definitely don't have anything to nourish our bodies. We're going to die. In the two verses at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this scripture, these four lepers are sitting here and one of them speaks up. One of them speaks up and says, listen, I'm not going to die here. <laughs> we, we're, we're dying, okay? If nobody else is going to point it out, I'm going to point it out. We are dying and I don't want to die here. I know I'm unclean. I know that I've been outcast. I know that nobody wants to deal with us, but I don't want to die here. And this leper in his, in what he's saying to his friends and these other lepers, he's saying, let's at least go to the enemy's camp. Now you might be thinking that is not my first, that is not my first, um, thought is let's go to the enemy's camp, right? If you don't want to die, let's not go to the enemy's camp. But their own people would not accept them because they're unclean, right? Nobody wanted them. And so instead of living in the pit that they were in, and li they literally could have just laid there and died, accepted their fate, complained, and just laid there and died. But because one stood up and said, you know what? We're not going to do this. We can sit here and die, or we can go to the enemy's camp, and if they accept us, we live. We get to eat. We, we can live. Even as slaves, we could live. And if they don't, we're going to die anyway. So what, what are we going to lose? <laughs> and even in this moment where they're saying, I don't care if we have to go to the enemy's camp, whatever. I just don't want to die. And maybe you've been through a hard couple years. I don't know what you've been through if you're listening to me today, but I'm saying you may be feeling that way today. You may be very much feeling, I'm dying. I'm dying so much that all I'm spewing is complaining. I'm dying so much that all I'm spewing is negati negativity because that's all I've known, Lauren. That's all I've dealt with lately is negativity and other people's complaining. And maybe you're thinking, I don't even care if the enemy takes me. I just want to live. I'm desperate. But let me tell you about these lepers. Because they did not stay in the pit, they, they took a chance. And I know intentionally, they weren't going to find good things. They were going to really say, I don't care if we have to be slaves. We just want to live. I just want to live. They go to the enemy's camp and the enemy is not there. There is gone. That the enemy is totally gone. And in the scripture in 2 Kings chapter 7 it says that God had created the enemy, the Arameans to feel to hear chariots and horses and to be overcome with fear and flee their camp. He literally created this whole idea in the enemy's head that they were being attacked so much that the enemy fled and left everything. They left the food. It left 
everything. And even though, even though these lepers went into the camp thinking, even if we have to be slaves of the enemy, I just want to live. They were desperate. They were desperate to live. When they get there in their desperation, God had already prepared the place. He had already prepared the table with food and silver and gold. I mean, he, every tent, I mean, loot everywhere. They, I mean, everything. They had everything. And the lepers are going crazy. I mean, can you imagine? Like, they have been outcast by society. They are probably starving a lot more than other people because they can't be, they can't touch things that other people touch. They can't go near people. They can't go probably eat at the places that other people would eat. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably starving way more than what society, even though as a whole, they're all struggling these lepers being outcast and pushed out and told, we don't want you, you're unclean, have now entered the enemy's camp and have now been given everything. <laughs> everything they needed and then some. They were given food for their nourishment. I mean, plenty. I mean, for an army. Can you imagine? Food for an army to feed four lepers. <laughs> And riches all over the place. I mean, and the scripture even says that in the middle of this, they're eating and they're drinking and they're getting all the gold and silver and all the loot. And then they're going and hiding it. Because at the beginning, at first, at first, because you've been hurt and because you've been outcast and because you've been pushed out, you're thinking, I can't believe this is all mine. I can't believe this is all mine. Nobody else wanted me. Nobody else wanted to deal with me. Everybody pushed me out. And now God has delivered unto me. Look at what I have. It's easy, warriors, to get to the place where you have been blessed abundantly to keep it all. Especially, especially to the people that have hurt you. They don't need to know this. This is mine. They don't want nothing to do with me. This is mine. This is all mine. God has provided for me. But in the midst of them looting and everything, the lepers say, this doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right here. I, something is not right. We, we, this is a day of rejoicing. This is a day that God has delivered everything our society needs. Our community will survive. Our families who hated us and pushed us out, they'll survive. This is a day of joyous occasion. We got to tell people. We've got to tell somebody. And the lepers run into the city and they tell the king and all of his officers and they tell them where it is. And if you go through the scripture, the king at first does not believe them. I mean, why would you, right? Why would you? These are people that you've been out, that have outcast. But I mean, 
at the same time, that doesn't make any sense that the enemy would just leave stuff a, a, a lot, leave stuff there. And so the king sends people to go see it and they confirm that the enemy has left and then the people of the city run and get all this and it is plenty for everyone. These lepers could have stayed in their pit. They could have stay, sat there and complained. And even in the midst of God blessing them, they could have held a grudge. They could have complained more about, or, or they could have rubbed it in their faces. Ah, ha, ha. They, they pushed me out, but look what God did. And there's nothing wrong with that to see the goodness of God. But these lepers could have held on to all of it themselves. They could have been greedy. They could have been let that complaining get to their heart to make greed set in and selfishness set in. But what they did was they took heed to the conviction of their heart. And they told people about the good news. They didn't let their situation change them. And even when their situation changed for the better, they still told people about it. I don't know about you. I honestly, depending on what they went through, I can't tell you what I would do. I would hope and pray that I would be at that place, at, even as a leper and outcast, that I would want other people to know about the goodness of God. But I want to tell you something. There is something to combat complaining in your life. Last week, we talked about fasting, the, the words of complaining, fasting those words. But when you fast and when you refocus on what God is wanting to do, and when you refocus and you might say, Lauren, I've taken those words. I've, I've taken them out of my vocabulary. I've been fasting all those negative words. Now, what do I do? What do I replace with it? What do I do? You replace what you would have done and what you would have said with gratefulness. With gratefulness. Thank you, God, for what you have done. Thank you, God, for what you will do, even though it hasn't come to pass yet. Thank you, God, that I'm still standing. Thank you, Lord, that even though I've been sick, I am in good health now. Thank you, Lord, that even though maybe not all my children know who you are, thank you, God, they are still alive and they still have breath in their lungs and they still have opportunity to choose you. Thank you, God, for working in the midst of my doubt. Thank you, Lord, for working in the midst of my discouragement and my unbelief, God. Thank you, God, for working. Even though I've been outcast, even though I've been unclean, thank you, Lord, for delivering unto me more than enough. In this, in this scripture of 2 Kings chapter 7, if you read all of it, you can really dissect it into so much, so much information. But today, on this, on this day, I want you to realize that you can stay where you are 
and you can let complaining take over and you can let complaining ruin who you are that God has created you to be or you can make a resolution today that this is not going to defeat you. This is not going to stop the work of God that you may have given in in the past. You may have let those negative thoughts and emotions take over, but today is a new day and today I'm not going to complain. Today I'm not going to give in to these words of negativity. When we give in to complaining, we let we truly lose sight of what God has done. And the goodness of what he will do. We lose sight of it. We are unwilling to see what God is working on. But when you replace it with gratefulness. And a grateful heart. You get to the place that God. Even if. Even if Lord. You don't do anything else for me. I'll still praise you. I'll still lift your name on high. I will still look to you as my savior and my father who loves me so much because you are good. And he is enough for you, warrior. He is enough. I know situations take over. I know it's difficult to see how God is moving sometimes. But let me remind you, even in the midst when we do not see or understand, God is still working on your behalf. Don't give in to complaining. Don't let complaining take over. But let a grateful heart, let gratefulness move in. When we start fasting those complaining words, we're actually opening up a space in our heart where all that complaining used to be. And that space is perfect. Perfect enough space for God to fill it and for us to be filled more with his spirit and more with self-control. Complaining will take years off your life. Complaining can even send, send you physically into sickness and illness but when you replace it with gratefulness just see what changes in your life God is wanting to use you and sometimes it's hard a lot of times he's going to use you in times when you don't understand fully and it is easy to complain it's easy to complain about people Easy to complain about what's going on or what we have or don't have. But God wants you to grow, warrior. In those situations when you would normally complain, he wants you to grow to where self-control takes over. And you begin to speak with gratefulness and thanking God for his goodness. I'm praying for you this week, warrior. I pray that God goes ahead of you in every situation, in every place that you're going, everywhere your feet may, may walk, every step you may take, God orders it. But I'm also praying for you to have the strength and the boldness and for the Holy Spirit to come aside you, come beside you and help you and give you the self-control you need to replace those words of complaining that would be so easy to give into. 
and to replace them with gratefulness and goodness and thankfulness. We love you, friends. I hope that you have a wonderful week. I'm praying for you to have a great week of, of confidence, of strength, of, of self-control, of gratefulness, and that the complaining goes out the window for you, that you become a new creation in God, that you will rededicate your mind and your, and your tongue, your mouth, your words that you speak to him, and let God take over in your life. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Warrior Within the Woman. We love you and hope you have a great week. Love you, friends.